ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to this episode of Uncaped Heroes. We are very glad and honored that you've taken time out of your day to sit back, relax, and enjoy meeting yet another amazing human being, this beautifully ordinary person that reaches out and does extraordinary things for those around him. My name is Stacy Johnston. I'm honored to be here with you and equally honored to sit beside my co-host, Cassie Holland. How are you today, Cass? I am fabulous. Looking forward to this conversation. Um, they're always very intriguing for me, so I'm looking forward to it. How are you? I'm wonderful. So tell me, where did the intrigue come from? The difference. Everybody's everybody's different, and you hear that your whole life. Everybody's different. Everybody's different. But until, I think until you actually deep dive into that, you don't realize how many forms of different there really are, right? I mean, we've met people and had people on our show that have done things I have never even thought of before. So I enjoy I enjoy the different. Mm. That's the concept. I love the journey, right? I love just taking a moment of time and going on a journey with someone else to understand how they became this person of life that they stand as today. You know, whether it's a, a teacher or a real estate lady or a banker or a life coach or a, a doula from Israel, you, people have walked the journey that they've walked and they've learned the lessons that they've learned and they have this willingness and this call to share that knowledge. And uh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful to see the amount of share that's going on right now in the world around us. And I feel honored to get to sit in my living room and travel around the world and meet these amazing people. So without further ado, if you're ready, we have another one of those amazing people joining us today, and I'm anxious to get into this conversation. Are you ready on your end? I'm ready yes, when you I are. am. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome Mr. Raymond Fritas. How are you today? I am. I am well. How are you? We're fabulous. How about you kick us off? Tell us who is Raymond, what do you do, why do you do that, and how can we connect with you? Well, my uh, personal name is Raymond Freitas, but my coaching and stage name is Ray of Life, me. And uh, it all started uh, back around 2015, 2016. I was thinking of possibly getting into teaching getting into school districts and lead children and bettering their lives because of the uh, public education experience I had. And the public education experience I had was not a very good one. And I thought maybe going into public education, I can make some change. Well, life turned in a different direction. And I ended up meeting my wife. (laughs) And and uh, we actually started dating in 2015 and 2014, and we got married May of 2019, and I went through a spiritual awakening in August of 2019, which led me to do a lot of healing and growth, and started my coaching business called Ray of Life Marriage and Spiritual Empowerment, and I feel called to give back to families. I feel because of COVID-19, more pressures being put on families more than ever, especially the millennial generation. 
And so you can definitely contact me on my Instagram, Facebook page, at Ray of Life Me, or you can become my friend. I'm also on LinkedIn. So I'm on all the major platforms, and my number is out there, and I'll explain more as we go on. I love that, Ray. It's just another example of all the beautiful space that's being out there and that's provided. And you're right. I think the last couple of years has really taught us a lot about the state of our families, you know, and how important those relationships are and how important marriages are and that unit of, of keeping that all together. It's become very critical. And I love the fact that it's, there's a lot being shined on it and there's work being put toward it. And it's so important. I appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. So, your pro- and, um, so you I, run a coaching program, you said. You run, do you run a, a coaching program for, for married couples, for families, for relationships? How does your program work? Well, actually, I, I have to educate others on a lot of principles because traditionally uh, the, marriage, uh, the marriage industry has been ran by therapists and counselors and, of course, Ministers, well, with the exodus of organized religion and the millennial generation, you know, I, I guess 70% of all millennials actually don't, are not affiliated with organized religion. Four out of every 10 are, say, spiritual, not religious. Three out of every 10 probably don't have a specification. So you're seeing people leave the church. So that's one service that's not available to families as much as it was before. And actually, 80% of all couples who come to therapy actually end in divorce. So a lot of the reasons for that is because they're at such a low point in their life. And therapy is a much long, longer-term process. And many couples don't make it because it takes years and years and years. Whereas my program, it's coaching. It's completely different. It gets to the root of the issue. And many of our root of our issues come from childhood. They're emotions trapped in our bodies. So it's more than just coaching. So my coaching provides an alternative to marriage counseling. So instead of counseling, you're getting coaching for your marriage. Uh, I have an alternative that comes with it called energy-based healing, which you will get four additional sessions, you and your partner, at no additional cost. It's paid for an initial price when they uh, show up. And energy-based healing takes place with the therapy. So that's what really the emotions. And, of course, what takes place of organized religion is my spiritual education. And there's no organized. I'm not trying to control anyone's thinking. It's about helping them think more about their situations and their lives and understanding that all five areas of life have a spiritual connection to them, health, finances, relationships, career, and course their own individual spirituality so it that's kind of what i'm teaching and that's what i'm doing right now and i think it's especially for especially for millennials considering that we're probably the most impacted uh generation here of the pandemic because one we came out of college during the recession gotten student loan debt have a hard time paying that off and now we might be on the verge of a divorce which if you if we divorce if there's a divorce going on in your family or you're on the verge of a divorce uh that you may never recover financially from that because you're already in student loan debt Hmm. makes sense makes sense i think it's going to be a valuable service and an option for people out there kathy where does that take you 
I think we might have lost Cassie somehow. I would hope she comes back in, so we're just going to carry on. Raymond, if you, um, let's take this in a little different direction. Again, please know how much I appreciate what you're doing. The, um, if you had to look at your concepts, um, what would you, how would you define or what is your concept of the word hero? And who in your life have you met along the way that holds that image for you? And we know that there's always more than one person, right, that, that comes along in your life and does something amazing. But can you give us an example of your definition of hero and who fits into that for you? You know, I was reading this question, and, I, and you're right. There are multiple heroes in our lives. I would say mine would be my grandfather. He was a Hungarian refugee. He escaped from communist Hungary in the 1950s to come to America for a better life. Um, and he came here with nothing. He had no parents. He was 16. And he escaped on foot, literally on foot, uh, almost died, was shot at at the Austrian border. And I can't imagine what he witnessed on that journey. He doesn't really discuss it, doesn't really talk about a lot of it. And he came to America at 16. He met my grandmother at a um, at a uh, art festival. Um, he, he did make a lot of mistakes in, in, in the process, but I think just his journey of coming to America is very hero-building for me because I wouldn't be here if he didn't make that journey to America. And so I would say for my life, he is, he is a big hero in my life because I, I have developed a positive relationship with him. And he's actually guided me a lot spiritually and religiously. And me and him are a little different in our spirituality. I'm, I'm more just about centered thinking. He's, of course, Catholic, traditional Catholic. But we, me and him actually do believe the same things about God and how God works and the creator of us all. And so we've had a lot of conversations over the years about our spirituality. Of course, as I've gotten older, I've ventured into other walks of path as well. But, you know, he's, he's definitely someone that I, I look up to as a male, as a male, because, you know, I'm an only child and my dad's an only child. So he is someone else in my life I consider as a hero because of his journey and his, really his passion of, um, and he, I guess, he has a passion of helping others too. He he had a he has a ministry up in um, Helena, Montana, where he puts billboards and shows his what he wants to share to the world. And I, I'd like to be a part of it one day. And I told him that, but he's a uh, he's a hero for me because of his journey to America. I think that's so beautiful. You know, Raymond. One of the things we learned when we very first started this podcast some time ago, we had. And we begin to ask, what we realize is that people have an instant conception of the word hero when they hear it. They think about Superman and mm-hmm. Captain Marvel and, and right, cape-dwelling superheroes, right. corner office, super rich, top of the money, those people, back, you know, our, our sports people, those, those icons. And what we've discovered in these conversations is that I'm going to say maybe three out of 175 conversations about heroes, have we been introduced to that level of person? What we've noticed is that people's heroes are their dad, 
their grandpa, their mother, their third grade Sunday school teacher, that lady that gave me the first job, that first person that believed in me. And so these heroes mm-hmm. are really these ordinary people that come along in your life and do the most extraordinary things and they leave a lasting impression. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Yep, I agree. I hope your dad and your grandfather both know that you see them as a hero. You know, I think we all want our lives to mean something to somebody. I hope they know that you feel. Well, my dad's a big, my, my dad's a big hero too. Just his will to live and his will to fight through his sickness and disease since he was age 32. As a hero, but you know, I, I, we can only we can only do one at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you you know we got lots of heroes that come along in our way, right? Kathy, where Absolutely. does that all take you? Absolutely. Yeah. I think it, it's super cool for me to hear people's interpretation of heroes, right? Because like you said, when you hear the word hero, a lot of times people immediately think of, you know, Batman, Superman, stuff like that. So I think it's super cool to, to hear the real in the hero stories. So... Mm-hmm. Let's take this in sort of a, a different direction. If there was a particular life lesson that you have learned along the way from your grandfather, from your journey, that you would like to share with our audience, what would it be? This is the one that I've had to really think about because I'm actually currently writing a book uh, right now. It's, at the end of the book, is going to have five ray of life lessons, and I have to figure out which one I'm going to use, but I'd say just overall the ability to be patient and wait for things to get better. Um, And I think that's so um, important for marriages and relationships and families and and just in society as all. Like, I mean, uh, if you look at COVID-19, you know, we want things to be over right now. We want things to go back the way they were. It's it's the same thing in our marriages when, when we're on the verge of divorce. We want things to be where they were when we first met the person. And we were so happy. We were so happy in love. And all of a sudden, we get married and life kicks in. You start seeing certain behaviors. And we want this person that we thought we knew. And unfortunately, we don't really know someone until we start living with them, until we start marrying them and seeing their signs. And the idea of marriage really is for the long haul. It's like stock market. You're not going to pull your money out when you lose ten thousand dollars. You're in it for the long haul. Now I'm not I'm not categorizing marriage and stock market, but it's the same concept. You're in this for the long haul. If some if you're at the bottom, understand it's going to go. It's going to it's it can only go up from there. And I think so many couples uh, try to make an a an example of like, okay, I want to leave now, thinking I'll be happy somewhere else. So I feel patience and the ability to wait for things to get better uh, is such an important quality uh, to have. Uh, most people don't have the patience to stick things through, which is why we have a divorce rate in this country. So being patient and patient for the right opportunity. I mean, we, we might settle for a job just to pay the bills, but if we would have waited maybe six months later, something else could have been better. I think it. I think patience is an under rated value here in society and it's so important I agree. I agree I think right now everybody's very instant gratification rooted mm, yeah we want we want something right now we want results right now when 
yeah. and I think that's the, the, the picture America has painted. You know, we want money right now. We want something right now. We want the ideal relationship right now. But it takes work to provide all of that. You know, just two years ago, Ray of Life was just an idea. Now I'm, now I've, now I'm just kind of, now it's kind of turning into exactly how I envisioned it. Isn't that beautiful yeah, I mean, when it works out like that? With marriage, you know, you see people that yeah. have been married for 40 or 50 years, and it took them 40 or 50 years to get there. Oh, yeah. Right? They didn't get married, and Absolutely. then all of a sudden they were at the top. So, you know. Nope. I agree with that totally. Yeah, yeah. And I'll, and, I'll, and I'll share a little bit of my, my marriage experience. You know, we, I was a substitute teacher, and my, my wife was in sales, and I was unemployed, you know, because of the COVID-19. I was starting a business and still in the process of developing it, and my wife, you know, the job was just not making her who she was, and I told her, it's November, you're about ready to graduate with an AA, you need to quit. And this, she, it was our only source of income at that time, you need to stop. So she quit. She asked me if I was going to be okay. I said, yes, we will be fine. Have faith. Just have faith. And my unemployment wasn't extended till March. My job opened up April through June, and now my job opened up again in August. So we, we <laughs> let's put it this way. Marriage is guided by faith, and that's where patience comes in. Amen. Amen. I'm just going to leave that right out there on the table. That is such beautiful advice. <clears throat> you know, when I look at, my husband and I just celebrated our 38th wedding anniversary on Saturday. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I, I firmly believe that, that marriage is so much more than a piece of paper and a pool party. You know, and that, that you're going to have this 50-50 partner, you're going to share everything out on the table, completely level from that day on, and it's all going to be happily ever after. And that's, that's such a misconception. Right? Marriage is beautiful. I wouldn't trade the 38 years that I've been married and the experience and the journey of that. Right? I love that we've done that. But it's been a journey. And we've had good days and we've had bad days and we've had to let each other grow and hold each other back. And so there's a, it's a decision that you make more than yes. it is anything. You, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, and I think... First, I, and a lot of millennials won't listen to, to older people. They're kind of stubborn, which is why I exist. I'm their generation. But marriage is, it's a law. It's, it's more than just dating and relationships. It, 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 it's, it is a relationship of life. And you, your health is so important. Uh, how you manage your money is so important. Uh, how you communicate your feelings and honesty and trust is, is, is so important. And and uh, your career, of course, if you're not happy with your career. Now, marriage counseling doesn't really help with career, but because I'm a spiritual coach as well, I can help someone find the right job for them that can improve their marriage and their well-being. So there's a lot of things I could do with marriage that a counselor couldn't do because I am a coach. So um, it's it's very – marriage is – there's more to marriage than just the whole relationship. It's the relationship we have with ourselves as well. And I think most people – think they'll be happy with someone else when they need to look from within if they were happy if they weren't happy within themselves they're going to bring their unhappiness to the next relationship somebody else can't make you happy with who you are you have to do that and if you're not happy with you you're never going to be happy with anyone else cassie i feel like you were about to say something right. well ago and might have got stepped on so please come back in with that 
No, I, I didn't. It's okay. I was just saying that I was fully agreeing with that, the whole concept. I, I'm 100% on board with this. <laughs> you know, so as a, as a millennial, Kathy, in a, in a marriage of under 10 years, there's, how does that sit with what, what you're hearing from this? I oh, oh, oh. I don't know how on earth the term marriage is 50-50 ever got normalized. Like, I have no idea how that happened because the only time marriage is 50-50 is when both of you are sleeping on the same bed. Like, you get half, we get half. And even then, it's like 60-40. But <laughs> nobody can hold their 50% all the time, right? You have to be willing to put in that put in that extra to pick up that slack or to let your slack be picked up because you just can't handle it that day, right? So I think that that's part of the misconception that people, especially younger people, go into marriage with is that, you know, this is going to be a 50-50 partnership. No, sweetheart, this is not a business transaction. It's work, Right. And people with the instant gratification rooted attitude don't want to put in work. They want it now. So that is why they are so quick to give up. So I think what you're doing and what you're teaching is very important. Especially for younger people. Well, thank you. Yeah, primarily the age I work with is 40, maybe between age 30, 40, maybe you have a kid that's about four or five, six years old, you know, um, I'm not so much worried about the ones that are 50 and their kids are out of college, I mean, they, they've lived enough life to, to understand what they need to do, but the one, the problem I aim to say, the problem I aim to solve is, is really my generation, and, and I, I actually do think Generation Z is going to have this problem, too, because working in school districts, uh, they're so consumed on their phones. I mean, the, the, phone, the cell phone thing and being on social media has added a whole other dynamic to relationships and marriages, you know, we're seeking validation uh, 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 for what we're doing or what this partner's doing, and we don't really ever get the full story and then you get complete strangers actually tell I think this I think that I think this and that's something in marriage it isn't the most healthiest thing and I get it people want community in millennial generation Z are finding community online so just like it was important 40 years ago to find the right community of faith it's going to be very important to find the right community online to help you support your uh, life and if that's the way the world's going um, finding the right community for you, that where people don't judge you, but they just lift you up. You know, we live in such a judgmental society. We need to lift people up and, and ask them, you know, and not judge them on their faith, you know, or what they believe, but understanding who they are as a person. And I think as society, we, 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 we argue over beliefs when we should just focus on who you are as a person. And, who, and for the most part, I do think people are good. We just have to always result to this belief, 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 when really the person's heart, I feel, matters most. I love it. I love it. it it's very refreshing. I think this is the kind of conversation that ought to be included in pre-marriage counseling. This is not what's included. 
right? I know it wasn't included when I got married. And what what pre-marriage counseling, or even if it still exists to the realm that it did 38 years ago, these are the kind of things that I think people need to understand, right? You grew up in, in a world where you developed concepts and beliefs of the role of men and the role of women and the role of families and how that all works together. But so did your partner. And mm-hmm. so you come into that relationship with the lens with which you see marriage and relationships and families. Yep. And those are not the same photograph. They're not the same lens. And understanding that going in, I think, is a really good navigation tool when you get to places of conflict that go, you, even though we're looking at the same apple, we see that apple two different ways. And I think when you finally get that, that it's okay, and you, you can find common ground, and you can find a way to, to shift mm-hmm. your lens so that you have a common sight, is a critical marriage lesson that doesn't get taught in average premarital classes. No, no. In, in, in fact, you know, and I'll do a little more insight on who I'm married to. I, I was raised American progressive Protestant Christian, and my wife was raised Fijian Indian Hindu. So we are not only an interracial marriage, but an intercultural marriage, but also an interfaith marriage. So I, 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 I and religion is important. It's completely important, but. The reason why we're able to get along so well is because we have those traditional old family values, which I do think mm-hmm. is a dying art in this country because America bleeds so much for independence. And unfortunately for the millennial generation, independence has been difficult because of the financial drawbacks we've had. Um, so a lot of us are still living with our parents. And we got married and finally got out, but... And then the whole pandemic just brought us back again, just a few other steps. Whereas Generation Z is coming out of college with a booming economy. <laughs> we're, we're like trying to play catch up because of student loans. And, you know, so I'm here for the millennials. I'm here for people maybe a little older, a little younger. But you got you got to understand you're in this for the long haul. If you have a kid, you're four, five, six, seven years old. and It's time. Time to put some work in. Amen. I love that. So let's reverse the role for just a second, right? And let's turn it around and let's put you on the pedestal for a moment and recognize that you probably stand as a hero to more people than you realize in the day with the work that you do and the peace that you bring. So thank you for that. Thank you for, for donning that. So with your cape firmly in place, of all the words that there are out there in the world, if you had a one-line statement of wisdom to the world, what would it be? Right? What would your T-shirt say? Can you repeat the question? If you had one line of wisdom to share with the world that you've manifested through this journey, what would your T-shirt say? What's your one-liner? I think I discussed this a little bit. I'm going to say, accept people. On one, it's going to be a two-side T-shirt. And I'm going to say, on the front side, accept people for who they are. And on the back, it will say, not for what they believe. Mm, I like that. I like that. Again, talk to me about that just a little bit. Well, you know, we're coming, we're part of a, a part of our country and our world where everything is divided. People are divided. 
and politics is so divisive these days. Um, one one party says this, one party says that. So that's another problem. Uh, we're divided religiously, of course, with a, a, a you know a, a uh, you know freedom of religion. You're going to have different religions in this, but Christianity has thirty five thousand different denominations, all claiming to be the way. So that that can confuse people. So that creates division. And you know, my thing is my grandparents. Traditional conservative Republicans, very good people, very Catholic. You get to know them, you get to talk to them. They're just good, honest people. And then you actually go to like the most liberalist socialist that is not religious, but if you get to know them, you'll realize their story and why they are the way they are. And you just start realizing, you know what, maybe this person has a lot of pain and suffering as well, and this is why they support the cost that they support. And I think instead of just labeling people as this or labeling people as this, get to know people for who they really are and why they want to, where their voice stands and why their voice is here. And I think we need more of that. And I'm pretty neutral when it comes to religion and politics. You know, as a coach, I can't get into that kind of stuff. And my my goal is to really help the most conservative, far-right person with his marriage with the most liberal part of their marriage because it's marriage. And, and it's spirituality. Everyone needs more of that in their lives. And I think just having a leader that can pave the way and say, hey, look, we're all good people. A lot of us are just misinformed by what we're reading on our phones. Let's wake up, tell the truth, and understand that the truth is uh, really, I feel, is just accepting people for who they are and not what they believe. And it's just... We get so caught up in beliefs. We, I see in social media all the time people bashing others for what they believe, and it's just it's causing anxiety, depression, and all these mental health issues that weren't there 40 years ago. Because I think our generation, the, 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 the society now, we are now getting four times more information than society did back in the 70s and 80s. What do we do? Read the newspaper and throw it away afterwards and we're going on our day? Now we're always on our phones. So I just slow down, take a step back, relax. You don't have to be on your phone all the time and accept people for who they are and not what they believe. And just get to know people. Get to know their story, you know. And I think people want to do good. They, and what this country and this world needs and what they're lacking, what they want and what they're mourning for is a leader to follow. But they got to understand that you have the ability to lead your own life. You don't need a leader. You are your own leader. Sometimes you do have to be your own leader. I appreciate this conversation. I appreciate your T-shirt. I love the fact that we have yet another completely unique one-line statement of wisdom. I'm so appreciative of the wisdom we've gotten from around the world. It just humbles me in so many ways. We are regretfully at a place where we're going to have to get ready to wind down with respect to you, Raymond, our guest, and with respect to our audience as well. We would love for you to remember that we are always brought to you by Enlightened Up and Guided by Grace. If we can serve you in some way, if you want to have a conversation with us, if you have a story to share, just need somebody to talk to. We're interested in what you have to say. Please reach out to us at HeroBuilder2020 at gmail.com. Raymond, I'm going to say thank you very much for, again, for your time, for your wisdom, for your space, and for your the service. Just the fact that you stand up for marriage in, in a world that would almost be contrary to that on some days. I, I appreciate it as a as a long-time marriage survivor here and, and loving every bit of it.
Kathy, how would you like to leave our audience today? I would like to leave our audience with a challenge, of course, but more so for our younger listeners, right? We need a challenge to define what is your definition of marriage and what is your definition of compromise? Mm. Mm. You don't have to do anything with it, but sit with it. Understand that you don't always have to win. We live in a society where people or winning is everything. Well, sometimes we have to take a step back and lose because we learn more from losing. Sometimes you're exactly right. And it's not with that. It's not with that, Raymond. What we'd like to do is give you the. I'm sorry. What I'd like to do, Raymond, is give you the opportunity to close out our show for us. We are at that place, and we would like to give you the stage. How would you like to leave our audience today? Well, I like to share a lot of things. Uh, we, <laughs> I tell you what, let, let's ask me a question about marriage, and I will answer it with wisdom and truth and what I feel needs to happen going forward. 